0: NewsCast is part of the Fire and Water Network.
1: You see, what you?
0: the cake is really immaterial. It's the girl who's the actual dessert, right? Well, then I think it should be Miss Chambers. Ooh, ah, come oh, on. she did! yo! No. Hey, listen, tractor boy. You know, no guy wants his fiance jumping out of a cake. It's, see. I mean, it's like taking your mother to the prom.
1: <laughs> so I'm told.
0: Hello and welcome back to Cheers Cast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and joining me for the first time on Cheers Cast to discuss the episode One Last Fling, please welcome Vicki DeCyper. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. This is an honor to be here.
0: It's uh, no, the honor is mine. I, I love having new guests, and uh, you reached out to me a little while ago, and I was glad that we could uh, finally find a spot for you. So Uh, Because it's your first time on the show, you get the inevitable origin story question. Uh, You know this part. What is your history with Cheers?
1: I was actually born in 87. So during about the time this episode aired. So Cheers, obviously, I, I did not watch a lot of it in the original run. I do, probably one of my first pop culture memories was like the Cheers finale. There was a lot of fanfare around that. My mom, every night, at 6.30 Central Time, would watch Entertainment Tonight in the Mary Hart and John Tesh days. And I thought that was a very grown-up activity to sit with my mom and do that. So, you know, they were always on the set of the biggest shows at the time, and there was no bigger show than Cheers. Um, so it was just kind of always around. And then I think in the, the later 90s, I would definitely watch it after school on reruns. Um, I looked to see when Nick at night picked it up and that wasn't until the early 2000s. So I wasn't, I definitely knew of cheers before the early 2000s. Um, so I'm not sure where all I watched it. It was kind of just always everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, when I went to nursing school in the early 2000s, I would be up late studying. And so like to clear my mind after I'd studied, but before I went to bed, cheers was always on, And so (laughs) I would watch Cheers. Um, And then when we moved, we moved to Chicago in the middle of the pandemic and in the middle of winter. So you can imagine there's nothing to do in Chicago um, at that time. (laughs) So I started watching Cheers from the beginning, which I, I'd probably already seen every episode once. And, you know, it just felt like a cup of hot soup or like you'd gone home again. And yeah. so it's just kind of a comfort show for me. And it's such a smart show. And I think it's aged pretty well. I mean, there are definitely some things we wouldn't agree with or say now, but for the most part, it's just, it's a great show. It's a great snapshot of that time. Um, and I think it's still pretty relevant today.
0: Yeah, wow, that's awesome. I, I I like to hear that a, that's a good description of the comfort food show. And it's certainly been that at times. and And I do think it ages fairly well because... I think, in part, and I talked about this like a while ago with previous guests, but I think the fact that the humor that they employ isn't based on a lot of contemporary pop culture references of the eighties and nineties um yeah. sometimes sometimes they get into that, but the fact that they avoid that so much, I think helps it age and and be more timeless. That's very cool, that's awesome though i'm glad to, I'm glad you liked it so much and glad again that you reached out and i must have found the found the podcast at the right time
1: yeah i found it not long after you guys started it and flew through it pretty quick and i just i love it it's just so much it's fine it sounds like you're listening with your friends so i enjoy it a lot
0: mostly mostly that's the case yeah so. <laughs> all right. righty well then uh, let's get into this episode we are on season five episode 18 one last fling this one is written by the couple Sherry Eichen and Bill Steinkellner, directed by Jim Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, February 12, 1987. When Sam feels the stress of wedding planning, the gang decides to throw him a surprise bachelor party. Food, drink, and entertainment is quickly arranged, but when the guys decide to get Sam a woman to pop out of a cake, Woody suggests that the woman should be Diane. Against everyone's wishes, Woody asks Diane if she'll do it. After her initial revulsion at the idea, she agrees, thinking it will be comedically charming. During the party, just before the cake's surprise is revealed, Norm offhandedly remarks that once Sam is married, he'll only have one woman for the rest of his life. This revelation hits Sam like a freight train. He very nearly panics at the thought of lifelong monogamy. At that point, Diane reveals herself, disgusted by Sam's fear of commitment. The next day, Diane surprises Sam again, this time by offering him one day, 24 hours, of freedom to sleep with whoever he wants to get it out of his system. The one caveat is... Diane has the same freedom. Sam becomes so obsessed that he spends the entire night camped out in front of Diane's apartment waiting for her to come home. When she doesn't, he confronts her at Cheers the next day. She reveals that she spent the night a few cars down watching him. Given 24 hours to cheat on each other without guilt or remorse, as Diane said, the two of them spent the whole time thinking only of each other. All right, Vicky, what did you think of this episode?
1: I thought, of course, it was really funny. Um, <laughs> I like that we get to kind of have a Sam and Diane reversal in this. We get to see Sam be all flustered at the end um, and kind of take <laughs> a role we'd normally see Diane in. The bachelor party scene, when we get there, I've got I've got questions uh, for a man. I've never been to a bachelor party, and just some curious um but I just I thought it was a really funny episode. I really enjoy this one.
0: Yeah, me too. And yeah, the 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 reversal. I mean, at, at first you're kind of wondering like where is this going to go because they do kind of spend a long time. In fact, I would say the real plot point of the episode, which is like it, like will Sam have like what will he do with these twenty four hours of freedom to to you know you know sow his wild oats and everything and kind of like get burned through his little black book of all these women that doesn't come until like the second half of the episode um no
1: the meat of this one is really small kind of um, yeah but there's a lot of the condiments in between i guess you'd say
0: Right, right. I I like part of it is, I, I mean, the, the thing that I was actually wondering, because I, I remembered kind of the gist of this one. And when I was rewatching it, I was wondering how it would seem in a modern context is Sam, when he thinks she's going off with another man during the day, he basically gets her in the office and slut shames her. And I was like, <laughs> is this, does, is this yeah. gonna... Is this going to work? But the fact is, it's just so ridiculous. First of all, coming from Sam, right. and he's so over the top, even changing his like vocal inflection, that you never, for a second, like think, get off your get off your high horse, Jack. No, like, yeah. you, you never really yeah. take him seriously enough to think, hold on, what you're doing is really wrong and inappropriate. Like it's just you just don't even take him that seriously for a no, be he, like that.
1: He definitely gets a pass for everything he said, just because. He's,
0: Calling her a tart,
1: <laughs> you know. Right? A tart, like, I love it. A tart, yes, it's so good.
0: And and yeah, we'll we'll get to the uh, bachelor party things, and I I'll answer any questions that I am able to. I I have not yes, been new to a bachelor you. party like that, but um, <laughs> in fact, like Woody, I I I'm kind of like I just think that's a waste of cake.
1: <laughs> I just, I agree. So, I'm with Woody a hundred percent on that. <laughs> um,
0: um, speaking of Woody, and I, I might be tipping my hand a little bit, but I, I love him in this episode. Uh, and it starts right away in the teaser for this episode. Um, Woody has his his arm, his forearm, and his thumb bandaged up. And and uh Frasier's gonna bring this up, but the fact that he does have his hand in the cast, uh this was my trivia, my it's a little known fact for this episode. Yeah. He's wearing cast because the actor Woody Harrelson broke his arm uh, in a car crash of all things they were doing he was uh, uh, participating in the 1987 pro celebrity Toyota Grand Prix. And just during one of the preliminary laps preliminary races, his car flipped or crashed or did something, uh, some kind of accident that broke his arm. So they, the fact that he had to be in a cast, they work into the teaser for this, episode, and uh, Frazier comes in, and he's like, what, what happened to your thumb? And he's like, well, it's kind of a long story, and he starts to do this whole thing, how he was playing pool with a guy in the back, and the balls were spread out, and he had to get kind of orchestrate his body in this kind of contorted position, and Frazier's jumping to the end he's like okay so you fell and you broke your thumb he's like no 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 that's not happened i couldn't make the shot so i got on the bridge or i got i got the bridge to play and i had to stand on this uh the the bench or the the stool and everything to reach it and everything and Fraser again is guessing it's like okay you fell off the the stool and broke your thumb he's <laughs> like no and he's like, I made the shot, and the guy owed me 10 bucks. He's like, so the guy got angry? He's like, no, he paid me, and everything was fine. He's like, I just – I broke I, – I slipped on the ice and broke my thumb. And Frazier's like, why did you tell me the whole thing about playing pool? He's like, well, it's not much of a story without that. And was <laughs> just – of course, the whole thing hinging on Kelsey Grammer, just shaking his head in disbelief. And then one of the tertiary bar flies comes in. Pete, he's like, hey, what happened to your thumb? What you? He's like, oh, I just broke it on some uh, – fell on some ice. <laughs> And you see this look of almost real anger from Kelsey Grammer.
1: (laughs) You do. I wrote wrote down, like, increasingly irritated. Like, you can just (laughs) watch his face, like, just grow more and more frustrated. It's into anger. I mean, he looks angry.
0: And he's like, wait a minute. You wasted my time with the pool story? Why didn't you waste (laughs) that guy's time with the pool story? And he's like, well, he's the one I was playing pool with. (laughs) I love it. And Fraser just has to shake his head. And I love that part, yeah.
1: I think Fraser and Woody scenes are some of my favorite scenes in, in every episode because you have Fraser is just so intrigued by Woody and whatever goes on in Hanover, Indiana. <laughs> and then I yeah. think Woody. Woody's equally intrigued by Fraser, and like this man tries to make everything way too interesting and have some type of psychological reason for everything and Woody's like life is simple and the two of them together (laughs) are just great and Kelsey Grammer there is no better facial actor like just watching his response to to everything during any scene in Cheers is just fantastic to me.
0: I you know I've never thought about that but Absolutely, the two of them together. Whenever they have a scene together, and it—I mean—it probably goes to the fact that they're—I mean—Shelley Long aside, they're probably the most talented people in the cast. um yes. I mean, once once we bring in Lilith and and no, uh, I mean, uh like Ted Danson constantly amazes me. But just like sure. for pound pound for pound, like Woody Harrelson and Kelsey Grammer. I mean, you look at where their careers have gone. Oh, um, yeah. So obviously they're they're monstrous talents but yeah i i've never really thought about that but yeah every scene with the two of them together like you could like that that could have almost been the running thing you could have had a teaser every episode of just the two of those oh yeah
1: they're great they're both trying to figure each other out yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. and woody just takes it too too literally and everything and and fraser can't can't even get down to that level no
1: no i was also thinking with woody harrelson because i had also read that about the grand prix I can't believe, like his agent or you know the powers that be at Cheers and NBC allowed him to be involved in something that could be that dangerous. I mean, it just seems a little questionable. Like uh, we could lose some here.
0: I wonder if they would today, but I mean, at the time. Yeah, it was the 80s. The show was, I mean, it was still on the come up. It was still growing into the the number one show that it would be, but it it was still, I mean, it was still riding the coattails of Cosby, honestly. Um, That is true. And Woody, I mean, he'd only been on the show for a year and a half. Like, nobody knew who he was, but yeah, like, certainly where they would go now, like, you'd think they might have a clause, like, the insurance would be like, no, 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 you're not participating in something. But I don't know. Speaking of uh, Frasier not being able to, like, get down to their level, Carla, once we come back from the opening credits, Carla's <laughs> complaining Diane isn't there because she's going to be late for school. And Frasier gives her the the talk. He's like, oh, I think that's great that you're going back to school. <laughs> uh, he, Gives her this whole spiel about adult education, the importance of bettering yourself through knowledge, and she just looks at him, it's traffic school, you Nimrod, and she just has some real venom, like, because she feels like he's patronizing her at that point. Like, the way she throws Nimrod in there, like, she's like, shut the hell up, like, there's some anger in her, Yeah. (laughs) Um, and we find out that she she sped up. She had a leaf on her windshield, so she had to speed up to 80 to blow it off the windshield. And then she's like, yeah, the cop wouldn't even take a bribe. And they're like, you offer the cop money? She's like, money with a body like this?
1: That's one of my favorite lines. It's not my home run, but I love Carla uh, when she she has so much confidence.
0: Uh, so Sam and Diane come back from picking the china sets and other decorations for the wedding, um and this is this is one of those things that feels kind of of the time sort of like a comedic trope of the people getting wedding and the guy really not caring about some of these wedding details and maybe the woman caring too much it is kind of a a a cliched trope but I also think back to my own wedding and there are certainly some of these decisions that I was like oh
1: yeah
0: I I was like okay I'm making this decision because I know it's important to make a decision (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not because, not because I care necessarily. What's so? Yeah. So, and actually, the the, the whole uh, Sam and Fr- like Diane, like when she starts talking about the fingertip towels, that is like a runner up for my uh, for my home run Perfect. of the episode. I'll come back to that one. I or, love sorry, do,
1: I yeah. love her response to Sam when he's talking about the everyday flatware that he wants or or the everyday <laughs> plates, and instead of just being like they're ugly, she goes on this big like. Just the most garish, bourgeois, stomach-turningly ugly pattern in the book. But if that's what you want, we'll get. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's, nothing is simple with Diane. Nothing. Yeah,
0: like, but even, even a little bit passive-aggressive because she's like, "Let's think about it."
1: Yeah. And if yeah. you
0: still want those, and she like goes through that whole thing, yeah. Then we can talk about it again. And it's like, oh God, <laughs> so, I And that's why, like you know, when she keeps talking about it, he's like, "If we don't get married soon, I'm going to kill her." And he, he follows her into the office. <laughs> And that's when Cliff is like, "All right, we got to have this bachelor party." He's like, "We got to take care of Sammy. He's otherwise he's gonna bri- he's gonna bust." And he says something to the effect, "He's like, I'm, I'm. He's like, as as best man, I'm not gonna let you know Sammy like crumble under this pressure." and they're like, "Wait, you just assume that you're the best man?" And they all <laughs> kind of start vying for like Fraser, Norman, Cliff, and and Woody says, "He's like, I don't know. I think I might be his best man. We're pretty close." He's like, "I like to think I'm the brother Sam never had." <laughs> And I was like, Woody, Sam has a brother. And Woody just shakes his head. He's like, I guess we're not as close as I thought.
1: He <laughs> just looks so sad. Like yeah. Woody Harrelson's face, just so sad in that moment. Like, oh, I guess not. Yeah.
0: So then, yeah, they they make those deal. They're getting uh, food, drinks, entertainment, a a stag film, as they call it. Um, <laughs> From
1: the hot and nasty video
0: boutique. <laughs> yeah, video Norm. boutique. He's like, they might have one. <laughs> Norm's like, yeah, I think they might have one of those videos <laughs> lying around somewhere. And then, yeah, then they're like, well, we need somebody to jump out of a cake. And and Woody's like, I've seen them do that in the movies. That just seems like a waste of cake. And of all people, Frasier sort of has to, to explain that it's like, no, the, the woman in the cake is the actual dessert. And Woody's like, well, then it should be Miss Chambers. And Cliff, he's like, he's E-I-E-I-O. He's like, listen here, tractor boy.
1: <laughs> just- yes, I loved that line, E-I-E-I-O.
0: He's like, no one wants to see your fiancé jumping out of a cake. He's like, and how does Cliff put it? He's like, that's like taking your mom to the prom. And then just like the record scratch silence moments where everybody looks at him and he's like, so I'm told.
1: Like, no experience in that department.
0: But against their wishes, Woody asks Diane and she's like, I abhor How does, I abhor such juvenile sexist male rituals. And Woody's like, yes. yeah, but would you do it? He's like, like he doesn't understand what a bore means, but he's, yeah, he's so, like, but
1: sure, but can you yeah. do this for us?
0: So she thinks it's a wonderful irony, and of course she'll do it. <laughs> Imagine me, of all people, missing the point of a joke. And what he goes, don't worry, it happens to me all the time. So
1: <laughs> I love that line and, and her nervous laughter, Shelly Long, when she has that like that laughter that's trying to cover up that she's super uncomfortable is just so great. She does such oh. a, a wonderful job in that.
0: Yeah, that's somewhat self-deprecating, yeah, yeah,
1: Yes. It. Uh Yes.
0: So later that night, uh, they asked Sam the time, it's like, oh, it's almost midnight, well, they're like, all right, well, it's uh, time to get out of here, and everybody, everybody takes off and everything, and Sam is just noticing why everybody is leaving at the same time, and he's like, they sure took off in a hurry, and he's like, yeah, but that doesn't seem suspicious to you, does it?
1: I know, sweet, sweetie. Yeah. And he's like,
0: here, Sam, why don't you go back and tally up those receipts? He's like, there's not going to be a party or anything. He's like, no, of course (laughs) not. And he's like, you you wouldn't lie to me, right? He's like, no, you'd know if I was lying. I would tell you. So... So then, once Sam is out of earshot, Woody brings everybody back in. They get everything set up. They knock on the door. Sam comes out, surprise, and Woody's like, "Sam, you should see the look on your face. (laughs) He's so convinced that he pulled one over on Sam."
1: I love how proud Woody is in that moment. Like Mm. he really accomplished his goal here.
0: Yeah, he's he's like, he had one goal, which was he had one job, which was not to tip Sam off, and he thinks he thinks he nailed it. So
1: bless his heart, he does. He thinks he got it.
0: Yeah. So they sit around, uh, watch the movie, whatever. Then (laughs) they wheel out the cake and Sam was like, no, no, no. But what is, yeah, Norm says after this, you're going to be like just one woman for the rest of your life. And apparently that thought hits Sam in a way he's never thought about before. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah. And he just he's like, yeah, one woman. He's like, I used to have all of these women, plural. But he's like, now just one woman. It's like for the rest of my life. And Norm has again another one that was really close to my home run when he was talking hit. about like one woman for the rest of my life. Norm was like, it'll go quickly. <laughs> just just cut the
1: cake. Yes, I love that line. So,
0: yeah, how does he? He's like just one woman, one perfume to smell. He's like one set of <laughs> earlobes. He's like they're not even sensitive earlobes. <laughs>
1: Oh, they're not even sensitive earlobes
0: it's like one set of lips flapping in my ear day after day until i <laughs> die oh my god he's like depressing himself and, and norma's like hey you're gonna let the cor- cake spoil if you don't shut up
1: <laughs> that i love that line from norm i love anytime we get to see like a obstructive norm because mm-hmm. so many times kind of just very docile there's a episode coming up in the next season let sleeping drakes lie yes and norm has to be very boisterous and very aggressive and i just love it george went when he takes on a more uh charismatic line is just so good to me i love it
0: because it's so like it's so it's usually very shocking because that's not what you think of norm (laughs) Like no. you think of Norm as the ultimate docile creature. He's just a permanent yeah. fixture at that end of the bar. So yeah, when he has to when he has to be assertive or even aggressive, it's like whoa, yeah. who is this? And so yeah, when he's actually telling Sam, "Shut up, or you're gonna ruin everything," and we're not just yes. talking about the cake. So this is where we actually get the the surprise moment. He's like, "All right, bring out the woman," and Diane pops <laughs> out in a. Sexy negligee and fish nets and <laughs> the least sexy of of clothing we've she
1: seen Shelly Logan in this series, right,
0: right? Right, exactly. But, um, but yeah, she just shoves the cake, shoves like cakes right in Sam's face, uh, and then like hops out. Like one of the one of the guys helps her down to her feet and she yeah. just kind of like storms off in her, in her high heels and the outfit and everything. And
1: um, her little walk when she walks off is yeah, so yeah. cute. To me. It was just very pressy and almost cartoon-like. Uh, but she was, you know, supposed to be stamping away. But I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that, you know, what she wore would have been something anyone would have worn at that time. But the additional choker and the big bow in her hair <laughs> yeah. made me feel like she chose this because maybe she thought it was very, like, Moulin Rouge. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, know, she just had to add a little class or what Diane Chambers would think is class to it. So that was just a little costume note.
0: I thought of, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's just it's it's not just, sexy, but there's like a touch of burlesque in it, just a, a touch of like yes, performance, right.
1: performance yes. in it. Yes,
0: no, I that's a, yeah, that's a good catch. Yeah,
1: and I love when she pops out of the cake and she says, "Strap this on." Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah.
0: what, what was the, the the question about the bachelor party? That's uh oh, you had?
1: well, you know, I the whole idea of um watching a what a stag film together as a group just seems very, it seems more like something like 17 or 18 year old boys might do, not grown men. Um, I do love the line that Sam gives when the film shuts off uh, about the, wow, I have a new appreciation for a rolling machine after that. (laughs) I'm like, what are they like? Oh my gosh. I'm thinking in my mind, I just like to believe they were watching like Olivia Newton, John's physical (laughs) videos. That's what, I, with a rowing machine, that's what I'm choosing to believe it was. But it's just funny to me to see these men in their, like, mid to late 30s, early 40s. Like, this is a normal activity to be doing as a groom. But anyhow.
0: Speaking only for myself, yeah, my so-called bachelor party was us sitting around drinking, watching the NBA finals and me right so getting so drunk that I had alcohol poisoning but um (laughs) so yeah like I I, again like this feels kind of like a trope that I have seen only in like media or movies like tv shows and everything like the idea that they all get together and watch some body like porno or something like that I can't think of anything less desirable right watch something like that in a a room full of other guys so um maybe I was just born in the wrong decade but I don't know yeah
1: (laughs) but it it is funny they they the whole scene is handled in a very funny way but uh when I'm watching it I'm like this just can't be what really happens at a bachelor party this is not what women do at bachelorette parties I know that much but
0: yeah. <laughs> I <don't> would <know, laughs> hope but all right. So then once we come back, oh, oh no, oh the the best part of the capper the capper was after she shoves the, the cake or splatters cake in his oh, face with yeah. cake frosting and after she stamps off and he's just kind of like looking there like shocked, Woody comes back and again <laughs> he's like, Sam, you should see the look on your face.
1: Like <laughs> Woody just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. <laughs> then,
0: oh. So... So the next, uh, the next day when uh, Diane comes back and, and Sam is trying to play it off, he's trying to be cool and, and she's fairly icy to him and he he tries to apologize and he's like, look, I'm happy. You're the last woman I'll ever make love to. And he kind of like stares off in the middle distance and he's like, ever. Yeah. And he's like, still like, he can't even, he can't even apologize to her that with his full art. And she has to like snap her fingers in
1: front of yeah. his eyes. He's like, like get him to come back. her fingers. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then he makes this awful analogy of like of comparing her to like popcorn. And oh, he's talking about like
1: popcorn metaphor. metaphor
0: yeah, he, he's like terrible. he's like it's not that I don't want to be with you. It's just like I I just never got to like you know savor my last experience before <laughs> you. And he starts talking about popcorn. He's like, you know, if you knew that that was the last kernel of popcorn in the tub, you'd savor it, and then you're just left with like the salt and the duds. And she's like, yeah. So I'm salt and duds in this analogy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if my husband would have called me salt and duds, that that would not have been a good conversation that happened afterwards. I can well, tell of you
0: course that. not. Of course <laughs> not. I'm wondering if she had this plan when she walked in, or if it was just sort of sprang to her based on kind of where where his apology went. Because she I comes wondered, in-
1: how, Oh, I think she planned it as it was happening. I think when he started going off on the metaphor of the popcorn, I think she was like, "Okay, two can play at this game," and. Then launched into her plan.
0: Yeah, I I kind of think so. They're, they're, because uh, so much of it seems like contingent on like, yeah, his whole defense being that he didn't get to have that last. Well, as the title of the episode suggests, that one last fling. So right. she's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that option, uh knowing as uh, she does that <laughs> that all she has to do is plant this little seed, not a popcorn seed, but something else, the seed of doubt in him, and it'll drive him nuts um So she offers him twenty four hours to sleep with whoever he wants, and so is wild host. She's a savor the last kernel of popcorn. I, what does she? She says go on a flesh binge. A I flesh
1: binge, and I like to. She said uh, wild, uninhibited, hedonistic sexual carousal with anything in a tube top. Like she had to get a little <laughs> dick. That he would only you know like women yeah. that would be in a tube top. <laughs> right,
0: and she's like no guilt, no remorse, no regrets. Um, and he's like, when is the start? She's like your 24 hour start right now. The same as mine. And she's about to walk out and he's like startled. He's like, whoa, 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 wait, what do you mean? And then she's like, well, you know, this, this is the only way that I can make sure that I've got all the other men out of my system too. She's like, but mm-hmm. that's no problem. And she kind of walks off and he's a little bit startled, but then he kind of like starts to dismiss him, like, no, 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 and we find out that he, despite saying that he got rid of his little black book, he has it stashed in his office in like the mouth of one of his stuffed animals, one of the yeah, it's
1: like the the yeah. yeah, so
0: good, uh, we cut to you know the very next day and he he comes back to the bar, same <laughs> clothes that he was wearing on the completely untucked, uh looks like he rolled down a hill, he's completely disheveled, and yes. he's tired. And they're like, hey, they're Like, describe. Tell us. Tell us all the details. Who are you with? How many? And stuff like that. And but of course, all he's like, hey, has anybody seen Diane? Anybody heard from her? And then Diane walks in with this other guy, and she's like, thank you, Rick, very much. And Sam vaults over the bar and runs up and grabs this guy, and she's like, no, this guy just gave me a ride <laughs> because my car wouldn't start. He's like, I know that. I'm just giving him a thank you shake. And
1: he's like, and yeah.
0: Thanks, this poor kid. And the kid is just like. Yeah. Good luck with your marriage.
1: Yeah, so, like yeah. This, this is y'all are not going to work out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I looked at that kid because I thought he, I thought for just having like the the one brief little scene, I thought he had a really funny performance. Um he did. But uh, the the actor's name is Joe Holland. He was credited as Tim Holland uh, on IMDb. He only has like five five credits, so kind of never did wow. anything. Yeah. So I don't know. But. Because he was. I, I, he was
1: funny his timing was great
0: yeah case. he seemed like a young good-looking guy is was pretty yeah. funny line so i was like i'm surprised he never did anything else maybe i don't know I, I couldn't tell you maybe he went on to do something else that wasn't like credited on imdb like if he was did more stage or theater stuff I, who knows but yeah so then he he all but like shoves her back into the office and like confronts her he's like and where were you huh he's like (laughs) you didn't go home and like this is where he's like someone could call you a tart and he's like this is where he does the whole slut shaming thing and and she's like rolling her eyes as much as like the audience are you kidding yourself because she's she's like no i had one last wild oat of my own and he's like is that all you think about sex sex and she
1: calls it one fantastic oat
0: one fantastic (laughs) oat yeah um and he's he's like you never went home she's like how do you know he's like because i spent the entire night outside your apartment watching from the car she's like, you must be exhausted she's like but we both know you got a cat nap at 6am he's like how did you know and she's like well i spent <laughs> the night in the car down the street watching you and then at that point he spins he's like oh my god you spied on me and the indignation there that just switches and it's oh so perfect for these guys
1: I love, I love this scene. Like, I think this scene just makes the whole episode. Like, mm. it's just so perfect.
0: Yeah. And when, when, like, the truth is finally revealed that they, you know, he, he could, uh, she gave, what did she say? She gave him sexual carte blanche. Yes, sexual and,
1: carte blanche.
0: And all he did was think about her. So the whole... Dig that you know he was like that his fear of commitment his fear of being with the one woman was like kind of undercut because you know right. she is the one only woman that he cares about at this point and he just shakes his head and he's god i'm a poor excuse for a stud
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so funny i love like in this scene you know normally it's diane is in the more um the role of being exasperated and even their placement in the office is different. Normally Sam is behind the desk and Diane is on the couch. But in this episode, Diane kind of has the power and she's behind the desk. Sam is on the couch. And yeah. I just, I think both of their performances in this, this scene is just wonderful. I love it. It is just so funny. Ted Danson is hysterical to me when he just gets totally just unnerved at the thought <laughs> of diane with someone else and then when the reversal happens like do you not have any trust in me What is i think he says
0: where's the trust
1: where's the trust yeah yeah
0: no you're right i didn't even think about that but in terms of the blocking you're right she's the one at the desk she's either behind it or she's like standing at the desk and he's either sitting on the couch or leaning up against the door and it's like the power reversal that you usually Mm -hmm. yeah you're right that's it no that was a clever bit of blocking too it was Yeah, and then, of course, it ends, you know, they've got, like, five more minutes, so he's going to take advantage of that and try to, like, yeah. you know, he, like, yeah, like chases her around, like, he's going to, like, sleep with her knees, and, even like, as she's running out the door, he's, like, pulling her skirt up. It's like, oh, thank God there's no HR department in here. But
1: Right, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I think this... This season, the first part of the season kind of gets a, a, a tough rap and probably rightfully so because Diane is just delusional. Um, and I, you kind of hate seeing Shelley Long being, you know, cut down just to play that delusional role. I think in the later seasons with Kirstie Alley and Rebecca, they kind of got to a point where they didn't know how to write her anymore. But with Shelley Long in this, I think once Diane and Sam are engaged, you almost like, we almost see like a different side of their relationship than we haven't seen. Cause in that second season, you know, there's a fight every episode and the third season they're broken up and you meet Frazier. And then last season it's, are they going to get back together? But the last half of the season, there's almost like a calmness in Ted Danson and Shelley Long in, in the relationship that you don't see. And you almost believe like it's going to work this time. Mm. Um, And I don't know, I don't know at what point in this season, Shelley Long decided to, that she was not coming back. I think it was before so, the season started. Yeah, and and I know that there was there's always been talk that you know Shelley Long did not have the best relationships with everybody, and I wondered too if maybe knowing she was leaving, if she and Ted Danson were able to play their relationship a little more sweetly in in the last part of this season. I, I don't know. I just have always felt like the last part of this season, Sam goes back to being more calm and collected, and you mm-hmm. kind of miss that over seasons two through four um i don't know i just kind of like their dynamic in the last part of this season more than i do at any other point in their relationship
0: yeah we definitely we do we do see some different levels and certainly certainly some some scenes that make you root for them and hope that they could have gone the whole way but um knowing what we do yeah we can only kind of look at it through the, the yeah the, we the know what's of, yeah <laughs> we know what's happening yeah so Um, For Norm's tab, he had four beers this episode. Um, The biggest surprise for me, and I I stared at my screen scrutinizing it, during the actual bachelor party scene, like when like they come back when they're watching yeah. the 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 stag movie, and then like when they bring the cake out, he does not have a beer. And not only is he not holding one, there's not one at his place at the bar. Oh so, wow! Like that was the biggest thing. I was like, look, I was like, he's got to have like a half full beer, like like right like at by his seat or something. He doesn't. So no, like his. Well, his no wonder he from... got
1: so forceful in that scene. He didn't have a bud. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, yeah, they, they, that's why it was. Yeah. <laughs> So he had four beers for this episode, which brings him up to 458 for the series. Oh, my. Um, for the employee of the week, I mean, this was a Sam and Diane heavy episode, and they both did great. I, yeah. I especially like Ted days and like the way he performed, like his unfounded but indignant, like at the end. Um, but I ended up giving this one to Woody. So.
1: Oh, I think that's a great choice for this episode I did give it to Sam just for that last scene the role reversal he takes on I just I love it I think he does just such a phenomenal job I had to give it to him
0: um so Sam did have uh my my home run, what I thought was the funniest guy when Diane first uh brings up like this offer to him of like the 24 hours he's like, I can sleep with anybody. Like she's like, yeah, no, no remorse, no guilt. And he starts thinking about it and it starts like getting like getting excited in his head and he starts like, he starts speeding up everything and he like grabs her. And very, like, forcefully and sincerely, he, like, looks her in the eyes and he says, I'm only going to agree to do this because I love you. <laughs>
1: like, yes, I love that line. That was, that was one of my contenders. It is so funny. Like it's some sort it's of hardship. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: what about you? What, what did but you mine, think was the best one?
1: Mine was a Sam line, too. Uh, it was when he, when he is all a flutter and he says, you know, people can refer to you as a tart. And then when she says, how could you say that? And the way he delivers this next line, it's simple. But the way he's like, easy, tart, 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 tart. And it's just so funny to me. Like, it's a very simple line, but it just makes me laugh out loud every time I hear it.
0: So childish, but yeah.
1: Yeah, so childish.
0: Uh, yeah, and then my runner-up, as I kind of teased it, was, like, when they first get back, and and she's asking him about, like, the monogram towels and, like, the fingertip towels or whatever, and he's just, like, kind of, like, rolling his eyes, like, he really doesn't care, and she, again, like, with that, that's very, like, sincere earnestness, like, this, like, the, like, the fate of the world is on this, she's like, Sam, these will be our fingertip <laughs> towels for the rest of our lives, and she walks back girl. in the door, and he's like what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but yeah. she's like, how, how, how sincere she was in that line delivery. Like, like this was a really, truly important thing.
1: Like, I know. I will say, though, as a woman, uh, not not to speak for all women out there, during our, our wedding planning and, you know, registering, there is, at some point, like, oh my word, this is forever. Like, I have <laughs> got to I picked the right pattern and you're just you're feeling just all out of sorts because you're planning everything and making the tiniest dishes, decisions about the tiniest decision. so I felt for Diane in that moment
0: <laughs> I I get it I get it I just think like yeah no, I only like, so a, and like... I love
1: that Sam tried to pawn it off on Fraser too like Fraser, <laughs> yeah. <help me>
0: out. <laughs> she's like I need a man's decision he's like Frazier go help Diane it's like,
1: Sam leave that poor man alone like <laughs> he's been- women but i love how they're war buddies when it comes to diane like they've both been through it yeah
0: absolutely absolutely yeah um well yeah vicky thank you very much for coming on the show this was a lot of fun to talk about this one
1: well thank you ryan i loved it um if you ever need me again you know how to get a hold of me
0: i i absolutely will have you back next season we'll find a place Thank you. Alright, well then, one more time, thank you very much for being on this episode, and thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media, and leaving comments on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford from the Right On Podcast Network, and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, who sponsor this show. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed.
1: You want to know something?
0: I had the exact same 24 hours you did, and I didn't do anything. You know why? Because I happen to be a one-woman guy. (laughs) I mean, I think we got something special going here, and I didn't want to cheapen it like somebody else I could mention. You you know, people could refer to you as a tart.
1: You say that. Easy. Tart. Tart, 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 tart. I mean, what what else do you call somebody who didn't go home?